Hello, beautiful. And what I want to know is what is really, really good in your life today? This is Kia. And this is another episode of the Female Veterans Podcast. Today, it is my distinct pleasure to have a very old friend of mine and housemate and one of my favorite people from the Milton Hershey School. Uh, She is here with me to talk about her latest endeavor. She's amazing. She has been a serial entrepreneur for, we won't say how many years, but a long time. (laughs) She's been a nurse for just about as long, for like ever, an amazing one at that. And now she has a new endeavor that we're going to talk about here. She is a military spouse, a mom, and just generally an amazing human being. So, Sandra, thank you so much for being with me on the show today. Thank you for having me. This is, like, actually surreal because I feel like we're, you know, this reconnection. So, thank (laughs) you for having me on the show. I'm so excited to, you know, get to virtually see you, my dear. (laughs) Get to hang out. Um, So we both went to the Milton Hershey School, and that is a private school in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And not only did we both attend school together, we lived in the same house. And so we get to spend a lot of time together, almost like sisters. So this is really amazing. And I have watched her career span over these years. And just she's knowledgeable. And she's really, really intelligent and talented. And I'm so excited to have her with me today. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. And yes, being a military spouse, um, I feel like, you know, my heart is for veterans. Like I love the absolute, especially when I see women veterans and women mom veterans. I'm like, Mm -hmm. who are you even like superheroes? Um, So, yes. So I'm super excited to be here and, you know, just to share what I can. Okay. So what you are doing now, I'm really excited about when I saw on Instagram that you were going to have your own podcast, your own show, and that it was called The Kushner's. And I was like, wow, is she going to be talking about marijuana? That sounds like <laughs> marijuana. So, um, so that's really marijuana. funny. So I want to ask you how you became the Kushners. Ah, the Kushners. So one, I used the name the Kushners. I want to tell you that I had this like magical like reason, but really it was because using the words cannabis and marijuana are really difficult in the online space. So I wanted to have a a word or a name that I could use that would represent cannabis or marijuana, but also would be searchable. So that's where the Kushners came from. Plus, I thought it was cute. So I'm like, hey, let's go with it. <laughs> it is um, cute. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, like you mentioned, I have been a nurse uh, for over 15 years. And um, what started me on this journey is because as a nurse, um, once I had my daughter, I went and I did what normal people do, which is you go to the doctor if you're having an issue. Um, and I felt that um, I was going through some postpartum depression. I was having a lot of chronic pain and I just felt like I needed help. And I went to the doctor, they prescribed me a ton of medication that made me have some crazy effects. Um, and that also were difficult to access, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, to get refills, you have to make more appointments. It's very micromanaged process, which I understand why. Um, but the medication that they prescribed to me definitely led me on this path to find wellness without mm-hmm. um, having so many serious side effects from medications. Um, So some of the things I was suffering with then was um, anxiety, PTSD from my birth, and a lot of pain, back pain. I had pain so bad, sometimes my legs would just give out on me. Um, And I was more scared that I would fall carrying my baby (laughs) than anything else, because all you think about is them. You don't even think about yourself. Um, but that's what led me down this path to find out more about cannabis. And I took all the medications the doctor had prescribed. I just hated the way I felt. I wasn't able to enjoy my family. Um, I wasn't able to really be present with my daughter. I felt like the symptoms were so extreme, you know, from rage to extremely like sedated. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And that kind of wasn't what I wanted to, that wasn't the lifestyle I wanted to have. That wasn't what I saw as like me being a happy mom and raising a child and, and having all those memories with her wrapped in this, you know, bubble of all these different emotions that I was having from this medication that I was taking. So I decided alternate, you know, what's an alternate? And, um, you know, I didn't know anything about cannabis, really, because I was raised in the cannabis is terrible, you know, cannabis and crack. Mm -hmm. Same, just in case you didn't know, Um, in my house anyway. Um, And that's how I was raised. And even though I knew people who smoked weed growing up, it wasn't, it was something like, you know, they did that over there, you know. And then Mm -hmm. um, later on in, in, in high school and college, you know, I tried it a few times, but it wasn't my thing. It just wasn't. Um, and fast forward to my 40s, and now I'm like, hey, I should go talk to the high school students because they know way more about cannabis than I do, right? Right. Um, so that's kind of what led me on this path, and, and I wanted to find the safest thing, and I didn't want to feel like a criminal or you know, it's legal where I live. I'm in California. Right. But it still felt uncomfortable for me to go down this path. So I went to the grocery store and um, I bought CBD. <laughs> I got my CBD. Well, what I found was that that wasn't going to do it. You know, that mm-hmm. wasn't going to be the trick. Um, it worked for like, you know, little aches and pains, you know, rub it on, feel good. But it just wasn't relieving the issues that I was having. And so if I was going to, trade my hardcore drugs I needed to find something that was going to be like hardcore healthy right and get me Mm -hmm. back to where I needed to be so I did my own research um and that's kind of what took me down this path of being the Kushners after finding you know my relief and my life back I felt like there's something to this and I want to reach all the women, men, grandmas, everyone who mm-hmm. was raised with this stigma um, mm-hmm. to know that this drug can heal you. It's not, it's a tool. It's not a solution for everything, but it really is an amazing tool. And, um, you know, as I started to learn more, it's like, Hey, we all us, all of us humans, <laughs> you know, and, and many mammals out there, we all have, a endocannabinoid system we have we make our own cannabinoids like this cannabis plant and it really just inspired me to understand if we make these same types of um, chemicals in our body and this plant produces it why you know why is this why does this exist you know why is this out there and why are people seeing so many positive results so as a nurse we're scientists we are data-driven, fact-driven, you know, science-driven. Mm-hmm. And sure. I just took to the research and I'm like, okay, if you search in these publications, research publications, science publications, there's like over 18,000 references to cannabis and marijuana. So there is data out there. It's just that it's very difficult to get around the legalities of um, the clinical trials and stuff. So I feel cannabis is definitely a tool that, you know, can help many people. It has helped me. And the Kushner's is the birth of, you know, the birth of the Kushner's is because of this path. Um, And then my husband as a, you know, as a veteran for 22 years in the military, he retired in January. um, And I watched him go through his transition. Um, When he was in, he was having um, night terrors and anxiety, depression, chronic pain, like he was just having all these different things. Does he have PTSD? He does. Um, so my husband was not in combat, but he was in the medical field. And I know, mm-hmm. you know, you were in the medical I field was. as well. Um, yes. A lot of what he did was helping those injured, you know, sailors and Marines when they came back from deployment. And right. as we know, you know, you don't die there. You come back here and die. You know what I mean? Because of, of all times, the psychological yeah. drama, uh, trauma, excuse me. Um, and drama, <laughs> but um, I was going to say that and drama yeah, that you've experienced, you know. And so he, you know, and I know that one of um, his superiors hung himself in the locker room, like oh where they used to um, at his command. And you know, he just experienced so many different things. And you know, one of the commands that we were at, it was like every weekend. I felt that he had drill weekend was like 
he would end up having to escort these members to the psych ward, um, you know, and spend the day with them there while they, you know, admitted them and did all that stuff. And, yeah. you know, he would have to deal with that because he was in charge, you know? And so, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times I'd say the caregiver burden, that's something that a lot of people don't account for. Um, but as a nurse, it's a real thing. I will tell you, you know, we, you get compassion fatigue and, you know, you're, you're, you are absorbing, you know, all these things that you're seeing every day and you're trying to be strong for, you know, people and, and help them in their situations. But a lot of times the ones who are there helping others usually are the last ones to receive the help that they need. So that's so true. That is so true. So when your husband was suffering with all of this PTSD and everything like that, Mm -hmm. how did you come to, to determine that marijuana would be beneficial to help him? So I didn't even think about, I was thinking about my husband. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about my husband. Um, So because when my husband was experiencing all this stuff, I was also pregnant. We were moved. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of transitions going on. So my husband right. was like, he was my focus because I was like, Oh my gosh, like I need to make sure we're okay because I can't add another stressor to him because of all the things he was experiencing, but I couldn't focus on what would benefit him necessarily. Um, but after I went through my cannabis exploration and journey, he was watching me, you know, he was looking at what my results were. He was like, wow, this is when I come home, it's a different vibe around here. You know, everything is, Uh is, is different. You're different. You're more present. You're, you know, he started seeing those changes in me. And so he was, he, you know, he was, we would talk about it, but you know, there's that whole, well, you don't want to lose your, you know, your benefits and all that kind of stuff, but we started to explore more. And that's something that, you know, um, if you guys visit the um, the Veterans Affairs website, um, they have a policy for marijuana and they cannot take your disability benefits away for marijuana use. OK. Good to know. <laughs> Everybody run to the website. Uh, yes. <laughs> print it out. <laughs> exactly. They have an entire policy on it. Uh, you know, and I urge you, you know, I tell everyone to be honest with your providers because the more they see that this is a tool, the more that they can advocate and they can help with changing the policies and laws. But I digress. So my husband's journey came after my journey because it was kind of like he saw what I was going through and then I just kept telling him, I know this can benefit you. You know, the thing about it is that my husband and I are two different people and that's why Mm -hmm. um, this, that's why I became a cannabis nurse is because my husband, what my husband needs for the same and similar symptoms as me is completely different than what I need. Right. Because uh, the endocannabinoid system, our endocannabinoid system is unique to us. It's our own, it's like a DNA, you know, print, you know, it's like what you need and what someone else needs is very different. Mm -hmm. And so that's why someone can take the same strain as you and have like totally opposite, you know, reaction or, you know, effects. So it took him his, trial and error period as well and and I was able to help him along that path because I had pretty much studied um the different types of strains and kind of what was beneficial for different symptoms and I knew okay we can try these and then from these we can weed that down to what works for you so what works for him and what works for me is totally different but that's the magic of cannabis and I think a lot of people will say well I tried that before and it didn't work and then I'm like well, how do you know that's what you should have been, you know, trying every flower, every strain, every, you know, there's all different. Right. So that's kind of how we, you know, came to him. I, I came to him and I was like, you know, what do you, you know, what is you, you want to do? My husband, I mean, if you guys listen to the podcast, he's like, I want to, you know, he's like, I want to roll a fatty and smoke it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> You know, and that's just goes to show like, you know, I because mean, we were both raised like we, you know, like it's terrible. <laughs> yes. it's the devil. So, you know, he always says, you know, when you see in the you know, if you see the hip hop videos, that's how they do it. Right. So that's what you think is cool. But the thing <laughs> is that um, that is not as cool as he thought it was because it didn't feel that great when he was smoking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we found like what works for him. So 
Right. You know, that's so important. If you have to know what works for you. And then you also have to be, you have to, I tell people write down whenever they try different things, write it down. So part of this process of coming out of depression and anxiety for me is that I was able to journal all of this. And um, usually when people first consume, they have a little bit more, um, the, not the first time, but a few times after that, you'll start to have some more, you know, psych effects where you can like, you know, maybe recall memories and things like that, which is really good for PTSD sometimes because you're recalling these memories, but the memories can be recalled in a way where you're, you know, your body is not in that fight or flight, you know, reaction. And so I recalled a lot of things from my birth with my daughter and that helped me um, settle those emotions and things in my brain because I'm not, I, I always felt like I'm dying because in that moment I was dying and I never got rid of that emotion. Mm-hmm. So whenever things stressed me, I went back to that ah, stressful oh emotion. Yes. I'm dying. And, um, and it just always would take over me. I would tell people it was like a wave and I would be sitting there gently playing in the water. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, I can't get mm-hmm. out from under this tide. Um, but that's kind of when I would tell him how I felt, he wanted to experience those symptoms. You know, he wanted to, or that relief, right? And mm-hmm. so that's what kind of led him to, okay, he trusted me. He knew that I had, because I would even journal. I would put my headset on because I wasn't, you know, some of the, the strains I tried were a little bit sedative because you're, you're trial and erroring. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would put my headphones on and I would auto uh, or text to or speak to text. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I would speak what I was remembering, things that I was experiencing in that moment. And, um, and it was really profound, the things I was able to um, unlock initially. And then that was it. I was done with it. I love that you said <laughs> that. I lo- so the whole part about the journal uh, is just incredible because I think it's really important to, to when you're in that state to like let whatever needs to come out, come out. Yeah. I am intuitive. And yeah. so it unlocks that for me. It is a added perk to it completely eliminating my fibromyalgia pain and Mm -hmm. allowing me to live Mm -hmm. a normal life. Um, But I also love that you were talking about the different strains Mm -hmm. because where we live, like I live in Washington, you live Mm -hmm. in California. It's legal here, very common. And when you go into the dispensary, it's like going into a pharmacy and you can say, okay, I have these symptoms and these people are knowledgeable yeah. and they can tell you what to try to help with those symptoms. And from there, it really narrows down a lot of that trial and error yes. because they're kind of guiding you to exactly what you need. And then there's so many flavors and there's gummies and there's edibles oh, and there's yeah. so there's many everything. options yeah. that if you're just stuck on, I don't want to smoke anything, yeah. right? You can eat something yeah. and they will explain to you how it affects you differently because obviously right. edibles are going to affect you differently than right. smoking will. Yeah. I vape so because I'm I'm so, you know, current. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. like, I'm, I'm cool like that, okay? Okay, but no, I am, I cannot handle um, marijuana smoke in my lungs. My, yeah. my body just said no to that. Yeah. I aged. So um, it was just like, mm-mm, mm-hmm. no more of that. So vape is gentler for me mm-hmm. and it, it works for me. But um, I love that you were talking about understanding your symptoms and the strains and how that it will affect you because this is a, I can't say this enough. It's a legitimate treatment mm-hmm. for a lot of things. Yes. Like I was diagnosed in 1997 1997, 98 mm-hmm. with fibromyalgia. That was a long time ago. That was early in the fibromyalgia game. And oh. nobody, everyone was telling me different stuff. And half the time doctors Did were they telling know me, it's fibromyalgia or were they saying like yes. this or, oh, okay. Maybe. Yes, I was lucky. Oh. The nurse that I got as I was leaving the military, mm-hmm. the nurse that I had at the VA in Great Lakes, she was experienced with fibromyalgia. So mm-hmm. I was super even lucky to come across her in the yeah. first place. But I had been getting mono repeatedly, like every year mm-hmm. for two years. And from the first time I got mono the first year, 96, I want to say, mm-hmm. I didn't recover. 
And I've never been the same since I was a high energy person, very focused, very driven. After that, I have like fibro fog. I can't think clearly sometimes. I have widespread pain. I'm fatigued all the time. On top of that, I got chronic fatigue. So I'm like a zero energy person. I'm not a low energy person. I'm a zero energy person who lives in constant pain and constant pain. And then what exacerbates it is stress. And life is full of stress, right? Being a mom, working a job, having being a wife, like Mm -hmm. all of these things can be stressful at times. And then it brings on an episode where the pain is intensified to where sometimes I cannot get out of bed. I can't walk. Um, If the, if all the tender spots in my legs flare, then I can't, I can't, I can't be on them. I can't even barely be in the bed because they're so painful to the touch mm-hmm. that I have to be on pillows. Like that's all I can tolerate. Um, and then it goes everywhere. God forbid it's in my neck or, or it's in my back. And it's, that's a horrible way to live. And so you think about a 23 year old girl who's been given a life sentence of this. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just, and then there's no one to really guide you and help you and right. tell you how to properly manage this. It took me so many years to figure out to just change my diet and that would help, you know, and, and all of this stuff was trial and error for me. So as I sit here, having gone through this for all of Mm -hmm. these years, and I can tell you that I had to figure out what would work for my body, what diet would work, what would work for my pain, not Motrin, Right. Right. Not Vicodin. It made me horrible. I don't want to deal with constipation. You know what I mean? Like what works for me is to vape, to manage my diet Mm -hmm. and to be able to get exercise. Exercise is probably the best thing for me, but I can't exercise if I'm in pain or feeling unwell because I haven't managed my diet. So um, that's what has worked for me for all of you suffering with fibromyalgia. I would say don't wait, like run to your local dispensary if you have one nearby and just try it out. You have nothing to lose. And PTSD suffers like your husband. Yeah. That there, I mean, there's, there's research. You can just go find all of this research. Yeah. One of the, uh, well, I don't know if it's cool, but I think it's cool. It's one of the, the things about cannabis is um, with PTSD, it's really helpful because it decreases your, your REM sleep cycle. Mm-hmm. So it decreases the ability for you to have nightmares. Um, so with a lot of PTSD sufferers, that's one of the biggest uh, triggers is the nightmares and night terrors. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's... Um, you know, so it's pretty interesting. There's a great article on Project CBD that talks about this. Um, it's a, a pretty cool website. I like to kind of send people over there because they have such great resources. You can also go to my website. But um, Project CBD, what I love about them is that because this is a, you know, syndicated all over, um, Project CBD is great because it's giving you the legal resources where you are. So um, I'm in California, and things are, you know, California, as everyone says, is the wild, wild west. (laughs) Um, But sometimes I talk to people in different states and they're like, well, what about me? You know, and so I always kind of try to find resources that help. But PTSD, um, you know, it's a it's a it's definitely a big one. And I feel like there's so much, you know, there's enough data out there for us to know that it does work. You know, there really Mm -hmm. is. Um, And one of the things that you mentioned, which I love, is that you said, you know, you know, that in combination with you know, exercise and diet and these different things that that's how your, you know, your wellness, your health is optimal when you're doing those things. And that's what I like to teach people about cannabis is you, it's, it's a tool, you know, it is a tool. And if you use it properly, it can be so beneficial. So I have an injured shoulder right now. And one of the things that I know is I need to stretch my shoulder, but I cannot stretch and move my shoulder when I'm in pain. My pain is acute and I do have a lot of inflammation. So if I'm able to medicate for a little while, it does help me enough where I can do some range of motion activities. I can stretch and it makes a big difference in how I feel at the end of the day, as opposed to having like frozen shoulder and that pain, you know, all day. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's a tool. Like I said, if I just take it and sit down and I don't have pain, like that's great, but that's not going to benefit my wellness, right? My wellness is going to be benefited by me continuing to use my arm and 
and stimulate those muscles and nerves. So, you know, I always try to encourage people to use different, you know, things, exercise, yoga, meditation, you know, diet, nutrition, mental health. If you need to go to a therapist, that's okay too. Never ever discount the benefit of, you know, having someone help and guide you through this. Um, But I definitely think that, you know, this is a great tool to add to that. I agree. That's, that's so well said. It's just, you know, I see and speak to a lot of veterans who are suffering with different things. And I always want to say, don't be afraid to try alternative therapies, give them a shot, whether it's marijuana or ketamine infusion, or something else that's new and cutting edge that the research is just being made available for do the research. Don't just listen to what the government or what anyone tells you. Sometimes even your doctor is well-meaning, but sometimes they only know what they have been taught in medical schools. You know, they're not often taught go get marijuana. It's, It's relatively new, which is why it's important for us to do what we're both doing right now. So you want to, you want to think of it this way for the last, you know, 100 plus years <laughs> for the last 100 years, well, since 1930 something, but pretty much every uh, nursing textbook, doctors, text, like all these textbooks, mostly they have chapters on cannabis abuse or, you know, marijuana abuse and how to help patients, you know, go through treatment for this, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's, that's basically the that's what you get when you open up a textbook. You know, there's no section on how wonderful and amazing cannabis is and that we're just, you know, have vilified this drug so much that now we don't even have the information that we need right. to help people with it. Um, but it's, we're getting there little by little. Yes. Um, it is a process. Um, and, you know, like you said, it is definitely, a, uh, I mean, I think I am so glad that, you know, veterans now have, more, I don't want to say access, but at least the ability to be honest about their consumption and not feel like it's something that's going to be scrutinized or cause them to lose the benefits that they've earned fighting for this country. You know Absolutely. what I mean? That's um, right. So that's, that's a, that's a huge, you know, thing. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fighter for that. Um, you know, and I really do feel that if you are a veteran and you live in a legal state, you should learn how to grow your own cannabis. Ooh, I'm so uh, glad you mentioned that. I so you can have, yes, it's important to grow your own medicine. So one of the things that I will tell you is, you know, I, I, I joke about my husband because I love him. Okay. Um, you know, we've been together over a decade, as I told him. <laughs> but, um, you know, one of the things that's truly important to know is that when you are growing your own, you know, cannabis, you know what's in it. You know, you know what you put in it, you know what you're growing, and literally that's farm to table. You know, I mean, you can't get any right. better, cleaner than that. The other part about it is that it's very therapeutic. And I will tell you that I, my husband is the grower, I am the supervisor. Um, <laughs> because, um, it's his job because he's a, he's a very detail oriented person. He's got charts and figures. Um, it does require you to kind of monitor, you know, what you're feeding your plants and their growth cycle and stuff like that. It's not very complicated. And, um, you know, we are hoping to do some classes for veterans to learn how to grow. That's Uh, lovely. Yeah. We're trying to kind of share the love because it's so important, but I will tell you that, it is very therapeutic for my husband to grow his plants. Okay. And sometimes I think he loves his plants more than me uh, (laughs) because he's out there, you know, talking to them and looking at them. I'm like, what are we looking at? They are beautiful. (laughs) They smell amazing. Um, You know, and it's just, and I, I don't know about you, but if you have the power to grow your own food or grow your own medicine, like, you're a superhero. I mean, you know what I mean? It's a superpower. <laughs> um, and, you know, we we need to go back to more of that because I feel that as Big Pharma gets their hands in this and as, you know, more of this CBD craze and, you know, all these laws change, I feel like it's going to be harder to control what we're getting. And um, there are going to be more hands uh, Agreed. in the pot, um, you know, and more things to be concerned with. 
Um, you know, a lot of people ask me about legalization and what do I think? Um, I think that it's important for us to decriminalize cannabis. I think that's important. Absolutely. Number one. I definitely feel it's important to legalize and have, but have like concrete laws around it because I think the laws need to protect us as the consumers. That's right. Right. You know, I think that it can become a very, um, it already is, you know, it's a, it's a, I don't know how many billion dollar industry at this point. Well, we can say um, it's a multi-billion dollar yeah, industry, multi-billion. certainly. Yes. And so at this point, it's just, there's so many people that want a piece of this pie and I can just see it going to, you know, the wolves at this point, if you let it. Yeah. So you have to be, you know, I feel like it's important. These are, things are important for us to know um, if your state has a medical marijuana program or, you know, if you can get a medical marijuana recommendation, I would look into your state and see if that's something that benefits you because if laws change and you have a medical marijuana recommendation, you're more likely to be on the side of the better laws. <laughs> Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, I would say do that and, and, and have that ability um, to do that, depending on what state you're in. I know that that's not available to everyone. Right. And it should be. Yes, it should. And we're seeing the change. We're seeing it slowly take place where more and more states are seeing because, you know, you can tax it then. It's kind of like, I always tell people, it's kind of like, remember prohibition when they made alcohol consumption illegal and then it just created a whole underworld, but also when the, the economy tanked and we were in the great depression, making it legal again and taxing it really helped change things for this country. And so in my state, the tax on it is helping to build playgrounds and improve schools. And it's going to very beneficial things that, you know, you can see improve the country. Right. So I believe, and this is just my opinion, Mm -hmm. but by making it legal across the whole United States and putting those taxes into it, you know, they can really do a lot of things like think about infrastructure and and things that can improve the country as a whole with this money. Absolutely. But the other thing about that is, like you said, as it becomes more legal in more and more states, you're going to have a lot more hands in the pot. You're going to have a lot more people involved with what's going into these products. And if you can grow, it's better to do it that way. So, you know. And it, like I said, it's very, it's, it's not that it's complicated. Cause I feel like if, if you go on YouTube, this is what I tell people. If you're my age, okay, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be 43 in two weeks. Okay. If you're my age and you go on YouTube, you're like, oh my goodness. You're like, these young kids got nothing but money, time and land. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, who are you? Okay. You're 15 and you have like a, so many acre grow of, of, Canada. I know it's incre- it's incredible. Grow you six, four to six plants, whatever your legal limit is, if there is one in your state, and move on with your life. You don't need to have all this equipment, all this stuff. And so that's one of the things that my husband and I are trying to put together now is like, how can we help people learn how to do this minimally? When I tell you the table we have, the plants that we're growing are on a card table. Mm-hmm. But that's all that we're going to need. You know what I'm saying? Like if you right. start getting crazy and you you you. First of all, you don't want all that that cannabis anyway because you have to actually trim it and dry it and just, you got to mm-hmm. take care cure of it. Stuff. Yeah, cure all it. that stuff. So it's a process. But what I'm saying is, you don't need a lot to be able to get what you need. And then from those plants, you clip, and then you'll have more plants to supplement your medicine. And so, mm-hmm. if you can grow it, I would recommend it. Um, you know, but do some trial and error so that you know what you want to grow, what's going to work for you, because you can't. You can grow any kind of cannabis plant but that might not be the one that's going to benefit you for your right for your condition or you know mm-hmm. for your ailments so yeah there's a lot to learn there and I think that you helping veterans learn that is really beautiful really lovely I think it's going to be a need so I mean I am so glad that you talked about it on the female veterans podcast yes, I know I'll be sure to share more once we have it I mean our goal is to give back as much as we can and you know to contribute and help people get to a place where they're not forced to go to big pharma just because they don't understand or know what's available to them. 
You know, I'm not here to tell people cannabis is for them. I'm here to tell them what cannabis can do for them if they want to go down that route and if it's what they want, you know, for for them. Some people, I mean, people ask me all the time, what are the are there negative effects to cannabis? And I always tell people. That was going to be my next question. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell people there, you know, there are negative effects to cannabis because some of the, the there are negative effects, you know, with older individuals. And I tell people this all the time. It's like a 60% increase in over 60 year old population that are using cannabis so that's how much it's gone up i think it's like 60 to 70 percent increase in cannabis users that are over 60 right wow. so, <laughs> i know so grandma's <laughs> having fun uh no. yes <laughs> taking her cbd before bingo right and, and going or, or her walk because now she's losing walk, yeah. weight because yes. she can walk because yes. she's getting high and um you know, in the in Cannabis Nurses Association that I'm in, it's really cool because there's so many uh, knowledgeable nurses and there's so many people that are, you know, we're all working in different areas, doing amazing things. Um, and they're doing a lot of work with Alzheimer's. And there are some, you know, facilities that are allowing their, um, you know, long-term care facilities or skilled nursing facilities that are allowing their patients to mm-hmm. have access to CBD, you know, cannabis. Oh, that's um, interesting. And they've been having really great results with the patients that have Alzheimer's. So, you know, there's so many benefits. But in older populations, I say you have to be careful because if you give them a strain that's going to make them too sedated, you know, they could have a fall. Anybody can have a fall, you know what I mean? True. Um, you know, there's always the risk. I, we had a, a girl who was telling me this story. She used um, bath... Uh, um, like Epsom salt bath um, mm-hmm. and it was cannabis infused and she it was supposed to be like to soak your feet or something like that like a pain mm-hmm. you know for pain well she bathed herself in it and uh, you know the vagina has a lot of you know oh wow tissues uh, you know uh, vascular tissue there and yes. so it absorbed this THC into her bloodstream and she could not get out of the tub because she was just so extremely like relaxed oh right? my <laughs> So, I know. So there's, you know, you hear about these things and it's not, no one's going to die. You know, there's no, um, you know, you're not going to overdose from cannabis, but you can have effects that are not mm-hmm. that wonderful. You know, um, if you have edibles, you could overconsume and mm-hmm. end up feeling like you're going to die. You may have paranoia. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you won't die. Maybe, but she'll think you will. Yeah. Some people have very psycho, you know, psychedelic effects. They feel like things are moving and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. Um, you know, I've had that experience, but I think it's beneficial for everyone to have that experience. I feel like everyone should overindulge at least one time. People might say, <laughs> hey, you're crazy. But if you do it one time, then you know never to do it again. And it also kind of lets you know, like, okay, I'm going to live. Like, <laughs> because it's important. <laughs> and assess know. your tolerance, too. And assess your tolerance. Um, you know, but I always tell people when you're doing anything like edibles and stuff like that, you just want to start, you know, low, a low dose and start slow and kind of see how it affects you because, you know, you never know. But, but yeah, you hear, <laughs> you hear so many things. And a lot of what I tell people is, you know, the, there's not too many terrible things about cannabis. Um, but there are people, you know, I have someone who is allergic to cannabis, like, Goodness, I never was like, okay. thought about that. So I was like, okay, you're allergic to, I mean, initially I thought maybe she was allergic to like something that was, they used when they were growing it. But actually, mm-hmm. um, you know, they found that she was allergic, just like you're allergic to ragweed or whatever it is, mm-hmm. she's allergic to cannabis. Um, you know, there's cannabis hyperemesis syndrome where people who consume very high levels of, of THC and cannabis, um, they can just throw up nonstop. They can't stop throwing up. They have this cyclic vomiting where it's just like a cycle. Oh my gosh, that's horrible. Um, Yes, I just saw an interview with a girl who was very heavily involved in the uh, cannabis industry. She was an edibles reviewer. And um, she had these episodes where she, I think she said 16 days of vomiting. Oh, no. And so... terrible. They tried to figure out what it was. They tried everything. She tried organic cannabis, no pesticides. She tried, and they basically said she can't, she can't, now she can't even be around it where if she inhales it, she can have a response. Oh my like goodness. if it's in the air. So she's very sensitive to it now after these episodes. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like her whole life has revolved around cannabis. Like her, you know, she's a younger girl and this is like her whole, like she's very heavily involved in cannabis. And so she has to be like strategic about what she does now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's doing more marketing these days because she said it was just too much. Um, but there are some, you know, there are negatives. And then also people do get, um, there is, you know, there, some people can get addicted to the routine of cannabis use. Mm-hmm. Like I wake up every day and I smoke a joint or I wake up, you know, or whatever, like they get addicted to the routine, not necessarily, um, that the cannabis is benefiting them. If that makes sense. Right. So, Yeah. And if you, like, like you said, you can get a strain that makes you very like sedated. So then if you have things you need to do, then you can't get anything done. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it is like a lot of people like, Oh, I can smoke and I can drive. And, you know, just like anything else, I don't recommend people driving under the influence. You don't know how you're going to respond to things. You could be, you know, you could have had a strain that makes you more sedative and less responsive. Like, you know, Quickly, mm-hmm. you could have a strain that makes you paranoid or more, you know, irky jerky where, you know, that's not Hyper. a great way to drive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, there are benefits and, you know, there are pros and cons. There are, uh, you know, people with heart conditions and such that should, you know, definitely be followed by someone if they're going to start these meds. But there's also some, the, the benefits usually outweigh a lot of these things. And I think that's what, um, you know, we can tell and know from the science and data that we have. Right on. Well, that's amazing. (laughs) I am so glad that you explained all of that to us. And now I want to ask you more about your podcast. So tell me, you decided to go into podcasting to share your wealth of knowledge. And let's hear all about your podcast. So I am not a podcast fan. (laughs) (laughs) I did the podcast because I thought this will be a good way. So I love video. I will tell mm-hmm. you, like, video is my jam. I like making videos. I, I, I like the energy of, you know, people um, on video. And my own energy seems to be more manifest, you know, more when I'm doing video. So podcasting was different for me. And secret, I'll tell you guys a secret. <laughs> when I do podcasts, I put my, I turn my phone camera on but I'm not recording. I just need Mm -hmm. to be able to see my energy as I'm going, which is ridiculous, (laughs) but that's, what's helped me. So as the episodes have progressed, I found that to be more helpful, but I am definitely a video person. And I thought, Hey, I can do this. Um, this podcast, I can teach people. And really this was my goal because I work as a nurse full time. So I was like, I'm going to record my podcast in the car. And that's why I went with a podcast. And I was um, initially just going to give people 10, 15 minute snippets on my way to work. And then it that evolved. Just, yeah, that evolved. <laughs> <laughs> and that evolved. Um, and um, one of the things that I wanted to do with the podcast was I wanted to feel like I could give people chunks of information that's, that were still science and fact based. Mm-hmm. but didn't sound like they were coming from like somebody's grandma. <laughs> so that was my goal. I was like, you know, I have an audience of listeners that's, you know, thirties and forties. Um, this is, that's my base, you know, people around my age that are uh, family oriented and want to try cannabis, but might've been raised with a crazy Dominican mom like me, or, you know, in a household where it's like <laughs> cannabis is cracked. And they want to learn more about, you know, what it is. And I felt like I'm a nurse. I'm a scientist. I know how to read data. I can help you break this down. And I want to help you Um, through this journey of what came first, the chicken or the egg. The podcast came first. I just wanted to do some education. Um, And then in learning and educating myself, I went nuts. Um, I uh, took some certificate classes for um, cannabis nursing Mm -hmm. and um, just started to study with some of the brightest people, you know, in the world, really, Um, (laughs) and learning everything I can about cannabis. And that's when I felt like, okay, I can do more than give information. I can actually, I've been empowered to be a nurse that can help guide people and get them on their, 
you know, their journey to wellness. So, um, you know, part of the podcast is me just sharing the information I know. Some of it is, you know, based on experience and some of it is based on data. Um, and then I like to bring people on that can share a little bit about their cannabis story because I think that um, the world needs more everyday people to show them that cannabis is it's great if you want to get stones like this is another thing that i'm really really passionate about if people want to use cannabis to just get stoned so what you know like that's <laughs> fine who cares like people oh drink goodness. wine and relax yes. all the time but if somebody wants to like you know smoke and just chill it's a problem so we need to fix that stigma Agreed. and um you know, it's, it is medicine and a lot of people who are medicating with it to relax, you know, and chill, they're probably medicating their anxiety. They're probably, you know, trying to unwind from the rigors of the day, whatever it is. I'm sure that they're treating some type of symptom that they would like to, you know, find relief from. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the podcast for me is just a way to one, normalize cannabis especially for uh, people like me, like uh, one of my uh, recent guests in an upcoming episode, she is a mom and she shared like, hey, my teen daughter, you know, was smoking and I had to tell her, you know, all about that. And now here I am (laughs) 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 treating my shoulder pain with cannabis. But yes, you know, it's, there's so much stigma around this Mm -hmm. and the truth is I want to normalize it and I want to bring generational change for families by helping moms and dads and you know, families be well today so that their children can be well tomorrow. You know, that's mm-hmm. basically the goal. Oh, I like that. I think I'm going to use that tagline. <laughs> Get it, girl. You heard it here first on the Female Veterans Podcast. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So that's, that, all of that is amazing. And I, I am so into your podcast. I Yay, think everyone should listen you. to it especially if you're curious and it doesn't hurt to just listen. It doesn't mean you've gotten high. You can listen and then make your own determination and, and learn from people who do and decide, Hey, maybe it's worth giving it a shot because I'm suffering with PTSD and I don't know nothing's working for me or, you know, I have fibromyalgia or chronic pain or some sort of pain. And nothing's working for me or what, what I take makes me feel miserable. So I think it's, it's really important to get that information out there. Thank you for sharing your story. Cause I think sometimes, you know, it's hard to share our own stories. I'll be mm-hmm. honest with you. My first, I think three or uh, whatever episodes it was, I was like, I was sharing kind of my story, but I felt mm-hmm. like, Oh, you know, how deep do you go with this? Because you don't want people to feel like you just sit around getting high all day. Like that's no, not I what we're doing. You know, I mean, that's not what the plan is. I'm a, I'm an overachiever. I am like, <laughs> I'm moving all day long, you know, doing things. And, you know, that's not what the lifestyle that I want to have. And yet mm-hmm. I'm still able to accomplish so much more because I'm not suffering in pain. I don't have anxiety and, you know, I'm able to do things like this. You know, a lot of people are mm-hmm. like, Hey, you know, how does someone with anxiety do the things that you do? And I'm like, well, because I have tools to help me manage that. That's right. It always comes down to what tools are in your toolbox that can help you move forward. I mean, I have two children and there is no way that I could have done that with, I mean, there was a 10 year period where um, marijuana was not in my life um, Mm. since I was an adult. Okay, because I didn't do anything like that. When I was, I think I might for, tried it first at eighteen, and then it wasn't until late my later years um, mm-hmm. that I got involved with it. But I, I will tell you that one day I was actually driving from Miami to Vancouver where we were moving, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Why was it in my twenties I had less pain <laughs> and more energy, and my whole like thirties long?" I have been miserable and in pain and I'm taking all these pills. I'm taking Mm. so many pills that the doctors at the VA are prescribing me, but all I feel is bloated and sick and overweight and tired and miserable and in pain. And Mm -hmm. I just kind of want to end it all. Yeah. You know, like, and then, and then I was like, 
and I kept thinking to myself on the way here, if I don't make some changes, I'm going to die. Honestly, that is what I was thinking. It was on a loop in my head. If I don't make some changes, I am going to die. And I had a a new baby (laughs) and I have, you know, at the time I had a nine-year-old. So I just thought, you know what? Um, Marijuana is legal in Washington. I used to indulge in it. I, I, I thought at the time in my twenties, I was Mm self-medicating. I knew that I was Mm self-medicating because of, you know, some of the traumas that I experienced while serving. Mm -hmm. And, but it was also treating my pain, which was a fortunate side effect of it. So what happened was when I got here, you know, I went into a dispensary like a child, (laughs) like, okay, Uh Uh um, there's a lot of things in here. I do. do. And I started with CBD. It's like Walmart. You walk in, you're like, oh my. Uh, I am overwhelmed by options. I really don't know what to do. And actually, it took me a while. And it was until um, my friend Melanie, she's on the first episode of the Female Veterans Podcast. And she will be back for the season two recap. But um, she was like, she's good at this. Yeah. (laughs) Took me to the dispensary and I watched her and she was like, I need something for the morning for this and the afternoon for that. And after work, I need this. And I was just like, who are you? And what are you doing? I was, for, I was like, what is happening? You're like, this is amazing. Yeah. You're and I, I, and I just was like, scary. okay. All right. I was like, okay, I will freak out if, you know, on certain strains. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want that. I, yeah. I need to chill. I need something yeah. to for pain. Literally, I said, I need something for pain. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, here, here's these. And I started with CBD. And then eventually I ended up, you know, with the packs, which you can regulate um, the potency and right. the flavor with that. And, um, and I don't like a lot because I, I need to be functional. <laughs> um, so it's important to know your body and know what you can tolerate. And, it helps me be a better mom because I'm not in pain because you know, when you're in pain all the time, you get kind of miserable and yeah. short tempered. Oh, yeah. like- that was basically me. I was miserable. I was, I mean, I felt like this, my last nerve that was yesterday. That was last, whatever the last nerve was. That was like a month ago. I'm not, I don't have any more last nerves. I'm done with last nerves. Everything was like, rah, rah, you know, um, uh-huh. And it's so different now. And, um, you know, for both myself and my husband, it's funny because people are like, oh, so you guys are like just joyful bliss all the time. And I'm like, no, we're humans. And it's Mm -hmm. still, you know, you still got to navigate life. It's just that our body isn't in a fight or flight mode because that's basically what happens is you, we live at the margins of exhaustion and frustration because our lives are so busy and packed and we're trying to be the best at every role that we have. And then we're like, you know, and then you may have pain and then you may have high blood pressure and then you may have stressors and all these other things that come Mm -hmm. into play. So you're not your best person. And I will be honest with you when I was, you know, now that I'm back at work, I tell people my hours that I give my family are the worst hours of the day because Mm -hmm. they get me at five (laughs) o'clock when I've been at work pulling my hair out for eight hours um, in a very, you know, high stress role. And then I'm like, okay, I have to find some kind of switch in my body, turn off all the stresses, be present and happy and loving and make a good meal and, you know, mm-hmm. get my child to bed, read her a bedtime yes. story. All of the things you, know, you have to do, right? You know, spend time with my husband, nurture mm-hmm. my relationship, make something pretty that looks like it came off of Pinterest. I don't know. There's all these <laughs> expectations. And that's not me because I'm like, nah. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's all these yes. expectations. And the truth is that, there's not an expectation for us to care about how we feel. I told someone the other day, I said, you know what? She said, what is, why would people want to get high? I said, you know, when you were a baby, your mom held you in your arms as she rocked you. And it was the best feeling you ever felt in your life. And sometimes our bodies still want to feel that. They want to be cradled and rocked and loved. And they don't want to be weighed down by the stressors and the craziness of life. Mm-hmm. And they just want to reset and rebalance so you can go be a superhero another damn day. <laughs> you know what that I mean? That is right. <laughs> that is absolutely right. I love that analogy. And, and you know what, I, 
I will tell people all the time, I'm like, I, um, I don't believe in the stigma on many, many levels, but at the same time, I don't smoke around my kids. Um, I usually do do it when they're not home or well after they're sleeping. So I'm on my adult time, you know? And so I I like to make that clear because if you are a mom and you're like, what, you smoke weed? How can you, like, yes, you can. Just like you drink your glass of wine, like you said earlier, after your kids go to bed and take a puff off your vape with (laughs) (laughs) and then see how you feel. And and then the next morning when I wake up pain-free because I've waited till the pain was terrible because it was, you know, I was busy momming and now I'm in so much pain. I need to take something for the pain. Like someone else might reach for Motrin or Vicodin Mm -hmm. or Oxycontin. I will reach for my packs, but knowing that it's natural. Mm -hmm. And in the morning when I wake up, because fibromyalgia sufferers notoriously don't get quality sleep. Mm -hmm. So it also helps me sleep so that when I wake up, I can actually wake up refreshed. And that is not ever waking up refreshed. It's almost like a, a torture. Yeah. Like you could use yeah. that as torture for, yeah. for yeah. Like people. Yeah. So it's and, like, and it it's 7 a.m., but I still feel like I just went to bed, you know. Yes. Uh, I just uh, want to go back to yeah. sleep 10 minutes yeah. after I woke up. Yeah. That's the worst feeling. And so I had felt, I felt that way for a long time. And I also felt kind of like I, my whole brain was in a fog. So I wasn't really... It's like, mm-hmm. I look, I tell people all the time, I'm like, when I look back at Facebook, I'm like, thank you, Facebook memories. Because Facebook, <laughs> right? Facebook memories is like, oh, I was playing with my child and I was just being a loving, wonderful mom during that time. Because really, I was in my mind, I was exhausted. I was in a fog. I don't know what I was doing. I was just barely making it and like a sloth, you know, like pretty much. So, you know, I didn't have fibromyalgia. I don't, I have um, hypothyroidism a little bit different, but, uh, pregnancy and your hormones just mm-hmm. shifts all that. And my hair was falling out. I mean, I just, it was a, it was not a pleasant place to be. But one thing that you mentioned is, you know, you found the tool that works for you and you're sharing this with all these women. And so my thing is if there are any moms or humans listening, <laughs> <laughs> Just know that, you know, people are always going to tell you, it's okay, this will pass, you know, or, you know, it's a stage or a phase and things like that. You know, just have, you know, dig insight inward and know that you know best that this is a stage or a phase because you know how long you've been dealing with these symptoms and things that you're experiencing. And I think a lot of times we get caught in the, it's supposed to be exhausting to be a mom. It's supposed to be exhausting to adult, right? Mm-hmm. You know, adulting is hard. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, the, the it is hard, but it is also um, appropriate for you to have self-care and, and real self-care because going to the spa is not always self-care, guys. Okay, I mean, I think that's great. We can go to the spa, but we also need to do things that are long-lasting for our body. And that's every wake up every day and treat our body the way we want it to treat us. <laughs> yes. I love that. And love, you know, love our body, give it what it needs. <laughs> I love that so much. And with such beautiful advice, in fact, I was just about to ask you mm-hmm. before I wrap this up. Yes. Did you have any advice that you wanted to share with everyone? So, but you just gave great advice. Do you have any more? <laughs> I'm not going to say I have advice. I'm just going to say that, you know, I am honored and grateful to be here. And instead of giving advice, what I would like to say is just thank you to you and all the other veterans out there that sacrifice every single day, because I'll be honest with you. I cannot imagine, um, you know, what you guys have experienced or been through. Um, Even as a wife, I don't know anything. (laughs) I tell people, I know nothing. I mean, everyone's experience is so unique and so important. And, you know, every single person, regardless of what you did in whatever capacity, 
you were, you know, a cog in the wheel that makes this, you know, world go round. And I appreciate you and I thank you. So thank you so much for having me on this podcast. And, you know, for all the listeners out there, thank you. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. <laughs> thank you so much. Honestly, yeah. um, thank you so, so much for coming yes. on this show. You're welcome. I, I lost my, I lost light. It turns the sun <laughs> setting. You know, I'm like, oh, I should have picked a, I should have picked a brighter place. Um, <laughs> But I can see you perfectly, and Thank you look you. beautiful, so it, that's no, awesome. Thank you for having me. I love being on the show. You're amazing, and I will definitely keep listening. You guys are awesome. Well, before you go, and before yeah. I actually do my clothes, <laughs> I would like to ask you where we can find you. Yes, you I can find everything. me at com um, or thekushnurse, and that's kush with a K, nurse everywhere on social media i'm on twitter instagram facebook the kushners awesome so you guys run and go check her out and learn everything you can so you can feel better and with that i'm gonna wrap it up yeah again thank you my girl love you i'm so glad you came through and i want to thank all of you guys for listening and of course coming on this journey with me I appreciate you so much. I love you guys and I will talk to you next time.